You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It felt like chasing points and chasing a record. That's not what we came to the game to do. That doesn't have a bearing on the overall season outcome. 10 times out of 10, you concede and kneel down in those situations because there was a attainable record. That was cool, but the message that I thought it would send wasn't really in line with how I view things. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer, John McClain. From Sports Radio 610, right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. There you heard Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel talking about why he did not attempt a field goal that would break the record for scoring in the game. Instead, they just dropped 70 on the Denver Broncos, 70-20 to 20 victory. Join us now on the phone lines is John McClain from Sports Radio 610. And, John, thanks so much for your time. What did you think of that performance? 70-20, to 20, the Dolphins look like a track team out there, man. They look good. What do you think? I thought it's so funny when Mike McDaniel started his NFL career here in Houston. On Gary Kubiak's staff, they had Matt LaFleur. They had uh, Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, Troy Calhoun, who left after the first year to go to Air Force, where he's still head coach. Mike Sherman, who was head coach of the Packers. It was a great staff. And Mike was at the bottom of the totem pole, so to speak. And he was so quiet. And Kyle Shanahan's the one that recognized how smart he was. And uh, Kyle, he got to be really close friends. And now Mike is like the offensive genius. And all I could help thinking of was if Nathaniel Hackett were telling the truth, what he say about the Broncos, that's the, one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. I thought it was great. I feel bad for the Broncos players and fans. But after the way Sean Payton trashed, he took shots at Tua when he was on Fox last year. I read that Mm -hmm. last night. And then, of course, we know what he said about Hackett. And Hackett would never repeat it, of course, and say anything about him. McDaniel wasn't going to run up to score because every coach looks at that and goes, there for the grace of God go I and they know how they wouldn't like to be beaten by 50 points, give up the most yards in history. What got me was two running backs with eight touchdowns. I don't know if that's been done. First time the team's ever had 350 yards rushing and 350 yards passing, and they're lucky they're playing the Bears. But it's in Chicago, two, maybe two worst teams in the NFL right now since Arizona upset the Cowboys. But, uh, man, oh, man, I – I've never seen anything like it, Q, and I've been watching the NFL since I was a kid in 1960, covering it since 1973, and just never seen a team move the ball like that on offense. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, right? There's weapons everywhere. And I know it's only week three getting wrapped up this evening with Monday Night Football. Is it safe to say, though, that the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC right now, or is it too early still? Well, uh, in the AFC, I would say yes. I'm not sure they're better than the 49ers, but to me, they're the two best teams in the league, and that includes Philadelphia. We'll see the Eagles. The Eagles have not been dominant like the other two. And what was best for the for the Dolphins and the 49ers, they both won their first two games on the road. And the Dolphins go home to play that game against Denver. If they're going to play anywhere near that at home, and it's interesting, a running back uh, from Texas A&M, when he was at A&M, 
he was uh, Devin A. Chain. Yeah. And now he's changed the spelling to where he's Devon A. Chan. Peter King uh, asked him how to pronounce his name. Peter has it in his Monday morning in America, football in America. And we're like down here in Houston, what? What's he talking about? The fact is, <laughs> when you rush for over 200 yards and, and two touchdowns and you catch two touchdown passes and you left, you average 11 yards of carry, you can have your name changed to Superman. And nobody's going <laughs> to complain about it because he's doing – they got him in the third round because he's undersized. You, you know, you were you were still in Waco when he came up. That kid's a track star, and he yep. showed it on some long runs. And remember, last year, the Dolphins had the most prolific offense in the NFL. They were great, and then two got hurt. So two right. has been hurt every year he's been in football, so you keep your fingers crossed because this is an offense that's fun. They didn't even have their second-best receiver, Jalen Waddell, and I think they had two or three other starters out on offense. Yeah, no, they did, and they still were able to put up 70 points and just a hell of a performance, and uh, they're fun to watch. They really are. Again, John McClain is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. There in Houston, uh, the, the, the Texans come up with their first victory under the D'Amico Ryan's uh, you know, head coaching era. C.J. Stroud looks like he's starting to come together. What are you seeing there in Houston with the Texans? I couldn't believe the way they just bombarded the Jaguars. Jacksonville favored to be the best team in the AFC South. I think it was Peter King picked them to have the best record and get home field advantage. And the Texans went in there missing eight starters, missing four offensive linemen, three defensive backs, and it was terrible for them. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. What are you seeing from C.J. Stroud? He has been tremendous. No no interceptions. In the first two games, he was sacked 11 times, 19 times. And because he's got four guys starting in the offensive line uh, that shouldn't be starters. He's got three of them with third team back in training camp. So his poise, cue, his accuracy have been unbelievable. I really like him. You know, I've covered a lot of quarterbacks. And listening yeah. to him talk, and watching the way he is with his teammates, I can't tell you how impressed I am. Now, he's going to have a bad game where he throws interceptions, but right now he's been tremendous. And I think I've told your fantasy listeners way back, keep an eye on Tank Bell, wide receiver, who right yep. now has more yards than any rookie after three games. He equipped Andre Johnson for the Texans, and he had the most yards at 145. That was more than Johnson had when he was a rookie in 2003. C.J. Stroud so far has looked like the best rookie quarterback. You know, Richardson and, and Young can't stay healthy. How concerning is it that Young is out with an ankle injury and Richardson's had uh, head injuries two weeks now and, and wasn't able to play last week? I'll tell you something. If Anthony Richardson had been quarterbacking instead of Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis might not have won that game because he's a – Rookie started. He would have been a rookie starting his third game, and he only started 13 in college. So he's he's on a, a learning experience. And Bryce Young, you never know about an ankle. And the way yeah. C.J. Stroud got hit in the first two games, he was on a pace to be sacked 93 times, but he mm. wasn't sacked in this game. And I think it's only a matter of time before he gets some kind of injury as well. You hope both those guys aren't out long. 
Youngs, I saw it, you know, it's kind of a freak ankle injury. Richardson was a concussion. It's it a touchdown with his head hit the ground. You hope he'll be able to come back soon because both those kids are exciting. And it's going to be fun being able to watch Young, Stroud, and Richardson over these next few years. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I've been covering the Cowboys for a long time, going back to Central Texas, and there's always a game or two where they just can't get it done. And, and this happened again. It reared its ugly head against the Cardinals, and it seems like Arizona's that team that it happens against all the time. How surprised were you by the fact that the Cowboys lost yesterday to Arizona? You know, I wasn't surprised. I was shocked. I told all my buddies, Cowboy fans down here, don't worry, they still got a great pass rush. They get behind Dak Prescott, can bring him from behind. They'll run the ball great with Tony Pollard. Just relax. And then they just got it taken to them. I believe Arizona had 185 yards rushing in the second half. And they, Joshua Dobbs played like a legitimate NFL starter for the first time. And I just, I'm still flabbergasted that the Cowboys <laughs> played that poorly. But it should be a wake up call for them. Dak's throwing end zone interceptions. As you know, can you imagine talk radio in the Metroplex today about McCarthy's play calling and Dak's playing? Those, those guys are public enemy one and two, and they need to bounce back in a big way. Well, yeah, I understand completely, John. I'm here uh, in Vegas covering the Raiders, and, yeah, uh, Josh McDaniels and uh, Jimmy G are the talk of the town right now and what they did on Sunday Night Football on national uh, TV. And, and uh, yeah, Raider Nation is not too happy. And let me ask you this, John. I mean, the, the Jimmy G's thrown six interceptions so far in three games, and that's not supposed to be his calling card. What do you think the disconnect is? And, and on top of that, he was only throwing the ball to Devontae and Jacoby Myers last night, and that was it. Let me go back to the, the McDaniels decision that's getting ripped all over the country. And I like to listen yes. to national shows, especially NFL radio, because I want to know what they're saying about the Texans. And, you know, they were all over him. It came down to this. He believed that his defense could get the ball back. And he had three timeouts, and he had the two-minute warning, and they got that one first down. So do you have more confidence in Garoppolo to get four yards and then they had a first and goal. You know, they didn't even have to go into the end zone. Right. And it was, was he showing too much respect for the Steelers' pass rush, the defense, because their pass rush is outstanding with Highsmith and Watt, the best twosome in the NFL. And, of course, he'd like to have it back. But if you today, in this stage of offense, I think he'd gone for it, and they didn't make it. He wouldn't have gotten criticism like he has relying on his defense that couldn't stop him. And I watched a little. I was still working, but I was doing it in front of the TV and watching them because Pittsburgh comes here Sunday for J.J. Watt Day where he goes up in the ring of honor. And that defense is tough, but the Raiders had it right there. It was in the palm of their hands, and they couldn't pull it off. No, no, they couldn't, and uh, Raider Nation is not happy about that today, John, at all, as you can imagine, uh, questioning the coach, questioning the quarterback, and, you know, the, the reality is sometimes guys are better coordinators than head coaches, and so that's been the question, is Coach McDaniels a better head coach or a better coordinator, and I think it's fair to say the jury's still out because we just don't know yet, Joe, John. Well, the game is great. The, the season's three games old. You know, I watched the Texans start 0-3 and 2 and 2018 and make the playoffs and uh it's rare but it has happened so 
I wouldn't give up on them yet. They got too much talent. They need to get back to running the ball and running the ball well. You know, you mm-hmm. hate to waste a game like that with Adams. And I'm guessing that sometimes Jimmy G's going to stop throwing interceptions because the one thing you could count on him if he could stay healthy is he would be smart with the ball and would not have interceptions. But I wouldn't give up on the Raiders yet, even though that was a tough loss. Yeah, no, it really was. And, John, we'll close out with this. I wanted to ask you about the Chicago Bears. We found out late last week the kind of mess that they had going on from the quarterback to the defensive coordinator to equipment getting stolen at the facility. I mean, it just seemed like everything that could go wrong for Chicago went wrong. What do you think is going on there with the Bears? I think right now there's a bunch of people on notice. The head coach, the general manager, the quarterback, uh, Matt Eberflus has got to coordinate the defense, which is probably going to be a good thing. At some point we might find out what really happened to the defensive coordinator and uh, right now, they got a chance to have number one pick two years in a row. They're playing the Broncos Sunday in Chicago. If they lose to an 0-3 team, and I think they will, because Russell Wilson is not the problem right now in Denver. He'll outplay Justin Fields. But I think this, if Fields wants to run 20 times a game, I'd let him run 20 times a game because what they're doing is not working. And if they get that first pick again, and they have – Carolina's first pick and Carolina's struggling. They might be in a position to either get the pick straight up or trade up to get either Caleb Williams or Drake May, the top quarterback prospects, in a draft that's supposed to be outstanding and deep for quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's going to be interesting. You know, I hate talking about the draft in September, but here we are, right? And Chicago is given no reason why not to. Well, John, fantastic stuff as always. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? I just sent in an Astros column about how the Astros are crumbling in the AL West, which any team can win and any team can be out of the playoffs. And I have a C.J. Stroud Cup um, take. C.J. Stroud column on uh, SportsRadio610.com. As Mattress Mac would say, it's free, free, free. (laughs) That's what we like, free, free, free. John, thanks so much for joining us a day early. We definitely appreciate you, my man. Thank you, Q. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. John McClain, Sports Radio 610, the Hall of Famer right there, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on Twitter. You can hit him up at any time and see what he's got going on. He does a hell of a job, so we definitely appreciate him and, he clearly has some things going on in the background as well, but that's okay. I'm not mad at that at all. Again, John's the Hall of Famer, and we definitely appreciate his time each and every time he joins the show, joins a day early this week because he had a documentary that he's going to be filming or working on tomorrow. So many thanks to John McClain. Uh, we have a few minutes here. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m., Wheel of Fortune slot zone. You can win up to $1,000. Second place, $500. Third place, two fifty. And uh, that could all be yours on Thursday again from 1 to 3 p.m. inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Wheel of Fortune slot zone. But you can come on by, get ready for Monday Night Football. The lounge is really loungy now. It's really comfortable now. It's really got some nice chairs. It's got some nice couches. Yeah, go ahead. You got, yeah, you got the hookup. I got my guys here uh, getting hooked up and everything just like that. And uh, come on by for some good food and drink specials. Vice Raiders, so you know it's a good time with Vice Raiders here. All you got to do is come on by and say what's up. Let's go out to the phone lines. Got some very, very patient uh, callers, so let's go ahead and go to those real quick. It's 702-365-9200. Still want to hear from Devontae Adams and uh, Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs sometime throughout the show. Uh, let's start off with Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? 
Hey, good, good, good. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. Care, if I didn't pick up that phone call, I'll be home uh, an hour, hour soon. You know, the boss, when the boss called, it's not to say how the games were. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I think they, if they get blown on the next game, he's not coaching material. He's not Penske materials. You know the Seinfeld expression. He's not Penske. I think we should get another coach. Without Hoyer, I wanted to see Aiden. If you're not going to see Aiden, I, I, you definitely got to draft another quarterback next year. You know, you, I already mentioned about the Pac-12. There's so many good quarterbacks coming out next year. Um, he was probably playing with a concussion that second half. He just didn't have it, you know, come after Could have been, yeah. He's playing with a concussion. Could have been. Could have been. Thanks for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you, my man. Yeah, I mean, very well could have been, you know, and that's the thing. And that's why I said, and, and you know, when Passionate Raider called him and, and mentioned that, you know, it's funny that all of a sudden he's got a concussion. Look, we remember last year, and this is why I take this really seriously. Like, I, I like to joke around and have a good time, but we know how seriously concussions can affect people. Last year, there was a time when Tua looked like he was knocked out. And then they said, oh, he's cleared, he's good to go. And then he went back out and played. And everybody knew that he had a concussion and clearly looked like he had a concussion. Then he comes back and plays the next week, he hits his head again, and then all of a sudden we're seeing all this trauma. We're seeing his hands lock up. And we're seeing – and then all of a sudden the whole country's concerned about him. That's why I take it very seriously and I err on the side of caution when it comes to concussions because that kind of thing could affect so much. And I don't – I'm not going to be that guy. So I'm not going to take it lightly. So it, it wasn't, you know – not ever trying to be rude or disrespectful to anyone who calls in and, and spends their time calling in, but I just want to make sure that we always are very cautious about something like that because uh, injuries are serious, and, and especially when it comes to head trauma because you just don't know how it affects people, and everyone is a little bit different. So, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G very well could have had a concussion and didn't even know it, and then it, it popped up a little bit later. As Ed Graney told us, he was in the locker room saying that he felt like blank. Right. And I didn't see him in the locker room, but there was other reporters that saw him in the locker room and talked to him. And he said he felt terrible. So not not those words. Right. And so that's that's definitely something to be concerned about. So we'll have to monitor what it looks like throughout the course of the week. But I'm not going to play around with concussions. I understand the frustration of Raider Nation right now. I do. I'm right there with you. I'm just as frustrated. Believe me, it's a lot more fun to do a, a radio show following a win than it is the following a loss. Right. But it's just I mean, it's just kind of what we do. Right. But injuries concussions i'll always take very very seriously uh let's go out to la let's talk to our guy eddie eddie welcome to the show what's on your mind what's up to you let me get this out straight for all the fans that are calling i know you guys are frustrated look i'm frustrated been years of the same old same old with this team but to question uh, the legitimacy of a of a player's uh, injury or in this case kim McGraw having a concussion it's just idiotic did, did you not see the game last night the hits he was taking when he how hard he was getting Dropped and pushed around. I mean, come on. It, it, it's football. It's a full-contact sport. That, that's to be expected. These guys have injuries. So to be this surprised is idiotic to me. But the, the question I wanted to ask you specifically, I know you started out the, the radio show today, is when we started the season, did we ever think that our offense was going to be worse than the Broncos' offense? Okay? Through three games this year, we scored 45 points. Same three Through three games last year, 69 points. Okay, 64 points. I'm sorry. That's a difference. Yeah. That's, it's, that's 19 points negative that we've been and we haven't been able to score. Okay. I, I, um, we've been we we've been in games here, with the exception of Bills, because of our defense. So I don't want to hear this notion about the defense. The defense. Yes, defense is bad. It's been bad. Same thing we had last year and the year before that. The problem is is a regression with this team's offense. Okay, this team regressed as a whole 
from the previous coaching staff, you know, what was happening then in 2021, to when he took it over, won only six games. All right, he got rid of his quarterback. He got Jimmy G because he needed him to be able to think faster, be able to go through the professions faster, right? Derek Carr wasn't doing it for him, right? So he got his quarterback. Now it seems like his quarterback can't has too much to think about when he's out there. He can't see the open field. He can't see players coming open or, or has happy feet in the pocket now all of a sudden. Uh, um, you know, yes, the, the pass blocking wasn't great yesterday, but there was times where Jimmy G just didn't see wide open receivers and was basically just scanning the field for one player. The, the underthrown balls, that's, that to me, it's, it, it screams out is coaching. And the reason I say clean around is coaching is I get to see McDaniels be able to utilize his offense the way he intended it to be. Didn't he say well, he, we were going to go from week to week, we were going to be a different team, different offense, play different teams differently because of how they was. We were going to play to their. To, we weren't going to play to their strengths. We were going to play to their weaknesses, so we can have an advantage. We have yet to see that. Instead of him tailoring his offense to suit uh, uh, Jimmy G, like he didn't do for for Derek Carr, I said, I, I got I got to get rid of that quarterback. I got to get somebody that already knows my offense. It, it's just Jacoby Myers, same thing. He knows the offense. He's, he's hitting the ground running. The quarterback that he wanted for his offense has not been in this offense for that many years. The inability for him to dumb down the offense, if you will. So he can understand it better, see the, see the open receivers. It's coaching one on one right there. And him not being able to do that for his player, I mean, it's just like what we talked about a few years back with Paul Gunter. Did we not say that he's old, he's over complicating the defense? Then you, you right. Uh, right. Then we got a new defensive coordinator. The players were instantly playing a lot faster because they weren't thinking. It's the same thing right. with the defensive line. It's the same thing with the offensive line. Same thing with the running game. Same thing with the offense. Okay, we're only going to players that he knows that he can get, he can get the ball to. But the other players, they are either too fast or he's not he's not. It doesn't give himself enough time to let certain plays develop. I mean, the, the, it, it's just it, it boggles my mind how we're all sitting here and asking, is it this? Is it coaching? Bottom line, Josh McDaniels has a losing record as a head coach. He destroyed the Broncos when he was there. He demolished that team. Brought in players. And we know where that ended up. He's doing the same thing here. Okay? Yes, we still have more games. Yes, we have time to turn this around. I, I know there, there, there's no arguing that. But what I am saying here is he, this is the pivotal, the, the pivotal part of the schedule. We talk, I talked about it last week. The next five, these are all five games. They're all winnable. Yesterday's game was a winnable game. Even to the end, we had an opportunity. And his coaching decision time after time, leaves so much questions there. And last night, I don't know if you noticed in the press conference, it, it sounded to me like he was almost throwing it back on the players, like blaming the players. Today, felt like his press conference, he walked it back a little bit. Didn't, didn't you know, quite understood why people were questioning it. To me, he doesn't motivate his players to buy into the system, because if he did motivate them, then he would trust into the offense. He'd say, we're going to go for it. All right, cool. Th thank you. Good stuff there. That's a lot of stuff to unpack there. We got Amber Theo Harris coming up in a couple minutes. Let's get one more quick call. We, we cut off Gangster Raider earlier because we had John McClain coming up, so we're trying to navigate in and out. So we're trying to make these as quick as possible. Let's go out to Gangster Raider real, real quick. He's going to finish up his call. Go ahead, Ari. Gangster, what's on your mind? Well, I was saying this would be the first time since the Chargers came back to L.A. that I will not be tending the Raider game in L.A. because I sold my ticket 
online before I even made this phone call because I'm not going to witness this, especially if they start Hoyer. If they start Hoyer, I'm not even going to watch the game because to me it seems like they're going to give up if they start Hoyer because O'Connell is a better passer. He's a better um, um, play reader. I mean, what's it, now, now he go through his reads better. You know what I'm saying? Also, if he came out last year, he'd be in his second year, and I think he's stayed two or, like three or four years um, in college. So he's not the typical rookie. I say put him in there. If you put in Hoyer, you're giving up on the season. I won't even watch the game if you put in Hoyer. I'm already not going to the game because of this um, debacle that they put out in these first three games. And we better be lucky we even beat Denver. And, you know, like I was saying, we play Miami in eight weeks. And if we don't get our defense together and our offense, we might not even score 20 against them. You know, so they might put up 80 on us. And what about these safeties? I thought the safeties was going to be better. You know, so especially Marcus F. For them, for them to let that touchdown, where they split the safeties, Miami's going to do that all day on us if we don't get it corrected. But I'm thoroughly disappointed. I'm not going. This will be my first Raider game in L.A. I won't be going to. I sold my tickets, so I can't even go now if I wanted to because this is a debacle, and it's bad coaching. It's bad coaching on both sides of the ball and even special teams. You know, see, like special teams have regressed too as well. And what happened in West Virginia? Because it's not they regressed in West Virginia. Because before we were getting turnovers in um in practice, before they went to West Virginia, I heard positive things. Ever since we got from West Virginia, nothing's positive. It's all bad. Talk, tell me, um, do you know? I know Vinny was there in um West Virginia. Now Vinny didn't go. Else? Vinny oh. didn't go. And, and thank you for the call. I, I don't know. I didn't go to West Virginia. Vinny didn't go to West Virginia. Uh, he stayed back. Adam Hill went to West Virginia. I'm not too sure. We'll ask him next time we have him on the show. I'm not too sure exactly what happened there. I know they didn't play Buffalo very well, and I know that they didn't finish the game that they could have finished last night. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's something that we can explore and we could talk about. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure. So I know guys like Max and Devontae, who I want to get to in this show today, I know we're getting a lot of calls, but I definitely want to get the locker room sound in as well because they are someone that needs to be heard from, so they will. But coming up next, Amber Theo Harris, Silver and Black Today. She was in the press box. Her and James Jones were sitting right behind me, and we all watched that Marcus Peters uh, drop interception. It would have been a pick six. So we'll start off there with Amber Theo Harris as we're here live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Pat Pryor moves tight end out to the left, three receiver stack left. Jalen Warren in the backfield. Snap to pick it. Pocket holds. Dances. Now Crosby. Scotty Warren on the shoulders. And his teammates come for help back in the 38. It took a while, but Crosby got there. Secondary held up, and he's got his second sack of the season. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. And here we are live from the Underground Lounge. We are doing it on a Monday as we do it each and every Monday. Double header as far as Monday Night Football goes tonight. So excited about that. And also excited about the next guest that we have lined up on the show. One of our favorite guests that we have. That's Amber Theo Harris, Silver and Black Today. Also part of 
the Sirius XM radio. She's part of everything, actually. I can go down her resume forever if I really wanted to. But she does a fantastic job covering the NFL. And, Amber, thanks so much for your time. You were in the press box last night. You and James Jones were sitting right behind me, and we all took a collective look at each other and kind of sighed when Marcus Peters dropped that ball. That was a clear walk-in pick six. How big of a game changer is that that he didn't make that play? Oh, first of all, Q, um, I want to see how you're doing. Are you okay? I'm on my second cup of coffee. I'm exhausted. Uh, it's been a long Monday after a game like that. Are you, are you doing okay? You hanging in there, my friend? I'm hanging in there. If it wasn't for Twitter trying to fire me and trying to blame me for the fourth down call and Marcus Peters <laughs> dropping the ball, everything else is good, though. <laughs> Okay, okay, I just want to make sure everybody, you, Raider Nation, everybody's stable. I don't think they are, but we're going to right. try to stabilize them a little bit here. Um, look, yes, I, I think the Marcus Peters missed opportunity was a little tiny microcosm of the bigger picture of, of mm-hmm. what's happening, and it's the inability to turn over the football. The first couple of games, you're trying to uh, you know, put together – What's, okay, there's this little thing, and there's that little thing. Okay, you know, there's a couple of interceptions, but the offensive line is playing good. Okay, the run game's not going, but don't get the run game going. Um, you know, they did spread the ball out. You know, Devontae and Jacoby can't do it. You're kind of doing all this, but the possession battle. You can't, you can't lose the time of possession. It, the one thing that's been consistent and now is glaring is this defense's inability to force turnovers while the offense continues to turn over the ball. If I could sum up the biggest issue right now, it would be that. So I think, yes, we all looked at each other like, are you kidding me? It should be 14-7 to 7 right now. You're a veteran. That play should be made. Um, and, it, and it wasn't. And right. neither was another big play from the defense, you know, as far as game-changing turnover the rest of the game. And there hasn't been all season. And until they can do that, then you're going to have a lot of callers into your radio station that are pretty yeah. – I'm, I'm back in L.A., so I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're not happy. <laughs> no, no, not happy at all, and they're anticipating next week's game against the Chargers in L.A. where you're at, and, of course, that'll be more like a home game than what we heard last night. And that was another thing, Amber. I've heard some games. I've heard some crowds, you know, be really loud at Allegiant, but, boy, the Steeler fans were sure representing last night, weren't they? They were. I actually covered the USC-ASU game the night before in Arizona, so I flew from Phoenix to L.A., I mean, excuse me, nice. to Las Vegas, and it was yeah. packed with Steelers fans. And I was like, where are these Steelers fans coming from Arizona? You know, Steelers, it, Steelers are like the Dallas Cowboys. They're kind of just a national brand and have fans everywhere. But, look, I, I know it's upsetting for Raiders fans to hear a call against the Raiders and hear most of the stadium um, excited. You know, that's a right. hard thing. Also, it's just it's the circumstance. I had been covering this game a long time. Look at, you know, the Rams opening game um, with, against the 49ers. I mean, that was embarrassing. You know, it happens to other teams. And when these teams move cities, it, it happens. You know, at right. the, the Rams used to be in St. Louis, and the 49ers are a California team. That, that stadium was so far was all red that day. And we're going to see it, uh, as you said, coming up this Sunday against the Chargers. The Chargers have not been able to get a following, a strong following, not as strong as the Rams even, in L.A. And so, you know, they were the lost. The, the Los Angeles Raiders, they were the Oakland Raiders, or the California team. You're going to see the silver and black take over SoFi on Sunday. So it's just kind of circumstantial. It's just the, and the NFL franchises move, and that happens. Right. And it, it'll take some time, I think, still for Vegas to, to fully, you know, uh, pack out the stadium with all silver and black. Plus, because 
hey, if I'm a if I'm a a fan of the Steelers and I got to pick one game, I'm going to Vegas. You know, it's right. a great city. <laughs> so yep. you can't control that. The, the only thing that Raider Nation can do is, is do everything they can to buy the tickets up. Right, exactly. And the team needs to win, right? Bottom line, the team needs to win as well. It'll give more, more motivation for the fan base to not sell their tickets and actually be in attendance and maybe discourage some of the fans, the other uh, opposition team, to uh, think about t- or think twice before they head to Vegas. But, that's again, it. Hugh, that's, that's it. That's, that is it. Right. Win. If they win, exactly. I guarantee it'll be packed with silver and black every day. I can guarantee that. I'm with you. I'm with you That's 100%. Simple. Been saying that for a while. It just it obviously hasn't happened again. Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So when you look at the team, I thought, Amber, the strength of this team was going to be their offense. And you saw it up close to personal last night. We've seen it through three weeks. It's been the Devontae and Jacoby show. Why is it, in your opinion, that you know it's so hard for Jimmy G to get that ball spread around the yard? You know, I'm not sure because, look, we – the reason he's here is because he's supposed to be comfortable in a Josh McDaniels offense. There's a couple of things happening. He doesn't look comfortable, but also if you got your head knocked off four times, you know, he's in concussion protocol, you wouldn't be comfortable either. So he's getting a lot of pressure. Um, there was, what, 18 quarterback pressures on him on top of the right. four sacks. That's difficult to do. Now you have to be fair. The first two games, the offensive line did a nice job. They're one of the highest PFF-graded offensive lines in football. Um, but they also didn't face the likes of Alex Highsmith and, and T.J. Watt. And so right. when they were tested, you know, when they were tested, they didn't hold up. And so that's why we didn't really see Jimmy uh, get comfortable. Um, look, this is, this is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler's guy. This is who they wanted. They made a deliberate decision to get rid of, of their car and to move on, and this was the answer. And so far through three games, it, it hasn't looked good. Now, not having a run game, um, is a huge thing for Jimmy Garoppolo because I keep saying this. Jimmy's not a you know he's not going to beat you downfield. He's going to he's a short intermediate pass play action kind of guy. If you don't have a run game going, and you don't force defenses to assume that maybe they're going to run and have to be a little bit worried, then like it, he's not going to be able to do what he does. So I think all those things are, are kind of working together, and then he's making bad decisions. It's, it's not just the offensive line or lack of run game. He's making bad decisions as well, as Josh McDaniel said, and he's going to have to be better in that. But now we, we don't know if he's going to have a chance to play next week and clean some of those things up, and that's even more disheartening at this point. Yeah, we heard from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels today that, that Jimmy G is in the concussion protocol. If he can't go, what direction do you think the Silver and Black go? Do you think he, they go Aiden O'Connell or do you think they go Brian Hoyer? I think they'll go Brian Hoyer. I think they should go Aiden O'Connell. Because gotcha. let's if you're if you you know you got rid of Derek Carr, Jimmy bringing in a veteran and then drafting a uh, you know a quarterback you really like was the plan. Then go with your plan, you know. Get, right. get the young guy in there, and look. Going back to Jimmy G, we when you know he was what forty and seventeen coming in. His record was forty and seventeen. He's one of the most winningest quarterbacks out there. He also mm. played on a team with a number one defense. That's a right. big difference. You know, yep. when, when your defense can constantly hand you the ball and you're dominating time of possession and your offense is allowed to get into a rhythm, you're going to be a lot better quarterback. And I'm sorry, but this Raiders defense right now, I'm not saying it doesn't have the capability of being better, but it's not the 49ers from 2019. It's just not. Right. And so that's it, – it, it, whether you have Jimmy in there or whether you have Aiden in there or whether you have Brian in there, 
it's going to be really tough. Um, I do think the defense played a, a little better. There was a little incremental, I called it in the show, incremental um, improvements last night that I saw. But overall, they're not handing the ball back to the offense uh, enough, and that's, that's going to be a problem for whoever's in there. But I say you guys like this guy, throw him in there. Right, right. Well, and with that being said, not, not getting the, the ball back to the offense enough, um, what did you think, what did James Jones think about the, the decision at the end to, to kick the field goals twice instead of going for the touchdown at the end? I have to be dead honest. We didn't think it was the right call, both of us. Um, mm-hmm. James said, <laughs> he said, my mama told me you can't win no fights if you don't throw no punches. <laughs> I like that. That's great. I, mean, I love that line I right that there. Was a great way to, yeah, I was like, throw a punch, right? Get yep. in the fight, and then and then like James said, he was disappointed that the leaders, uh, you know, Devonte and Josh and Jimmy, shouldn't have been trotting off of that field. They should have been. They should have been saying, Josh, give us a chance. I'm not coming off this field. Let's go. You know. So they. Right. There was a couple of things going on there that I know James, as a veteran, was upset about. You know that they didn't want to have more fight in them there because look, they haven't been. They were only in the red zone twice all game, and one of the times was when they decided to kick a field goal. You to think that you're going to give it to the put it in the defense's hands. They're going to get it back. You're going to go back down the field and get a touchdown when you hadn't been able to get in the red zone all day. I didn't understand that mindset. I know Josh McDaniel said, well. Two things had to go right. I saw it as a two-possession um, situation where you had to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. But I was like, wait a minute, under that logic, you had to have more than two things go right under what actually happened. You had to make the field goal. Then you had to trust the defense to get the ball back in enough time for the offense to then move the ball down the field and score a touchdown. You know, so there was more of a process there, in my opinion, in that, in that logic. So, I, look, if you, I think it would have been uh, it would have given a shot in the arm to this to Raider Nation to that offense mm-hmm. to say I believe in you. We're going for it. Let's go. Let's win this right now. Let's end it. And that didn't happen. Right. And I think it said no. a lot about his faith in in that offense. I know he said it doesn't, but in in my opinion, I kind of read it as he didn't think that they could do it, get it done. Right, and I mean, regardless of what's going on in his mind, that's going to be the perception, right? I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Like you're going to see exactly. that anyone I don't know watching what he was thinking, yeah, right, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Anyone watching, it just looked as if you didn't believe, you know, you didn't believe that they could get it done at that point. You would have rather gone, you know, with the with the defense. You, you believe more in the defense than the offense. Is, is maybe how you can simplify it at that point that they could give the ball back quickly. Yeah, and uh, well, well they didn't. <laughs> Yeah, right, they and, and they weren't able to do it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So, it. you know, it is what it is. So when it comes to their first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, he only played 11 snaps. He's coming off the illness. Um, are you seeing anything? Did James mention anything he's seeing from Tyree that kind of is encouraging that maybe he's coming along? And We know it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's a process. But seeing anything from the young man out of Texas Tech? You know what? I think we have to go back and look at the film and actually – because Max had a good game, right? Max Crosby had a really yep. good game. He had, what, three tackles for losses and, you know, a couple quarterback hits and a sack. Um, so when we're seeing Max be productive, that means that on the other side, he's getting some help, you know. And I wanted to go back and see which snaps Tyree was in when Max was productive. Like, that's something I'll have to go back and look at to really give you a full answer on that. Um, 
was it Tyree that was in during that sack? I don't know if you know the answer to that. I have to look back. Um, was yeah, he sure. in during those quarterback hits? Like, what did he do to help that situation? Because that's the barometer for me. Is is he forcing people to respect him on that edge? And is that freeing up Max now? Um, so I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Look, there's you know, there's other top draft picks, defensive draft picks that have come in throughout history and had a major impact right away. I just had Howie Long on my show, right, on, yeah. on the Silver and Black show. And he was a rotational guy through 16 games and had seven and a half sacks his first, his, his rookie season, right? Came in, had a major impact. I get it. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know, we, we got to slow down yeah. a little bit there. But that's just an example. He was a, he was a highly, you know, a high draft pick. He was a guy that was expected to do a lot. Came in, was just a rotational player and still, and still um, contributed. So you could, I, I don't buy into the like, oh, there's a learning curve. You know, you kind of got to be patient. I'm like, you're number seven overall. Come in and let's make an impact. Let's go. Yep. Yep. That's that's so, what's expected. Let's look at the film. I'll have a better answer for you next week. <laughs> no, it is it is all good, and, and the fact that we have to go back and check and double check and triple check kind of tells you all you need to really know, right? I mean, because if if the impact was being made, I think it would have stood out in a major way and, and really would have helped out Max. And unfortunately, that's just not happening as of right now. So Amber, let's let's close out with this when. And, again, you've covered the, the league for a long time. I always uh, respect your opinion on all this. When a coach has moved from, say, the sideline to the booth, is that, is, that, that, that can't be a good sign for that coach. No, um, it's not, typically. Um, right. I know you're talking about Patrick Graham. Right. <laughs> you're like, the right. name we shall not name. Um, <laughs> look, it's, it's not a good – in my opinion, and this is having no inside information or, or anything, this is just my opinion, when the you-know-what hits the fan and a season starts to go south, um, before a head coach goes, sometimes the coordinator goes, right? That's kind right. of the progression. And if I had to put my money on how that would work, and I hope it doesn't. I really hope the Raiders turn this around. Everybody looks right. great because I never want to see anybody lose their job. Um, right. But the bottom line is this, this defense has been consistently bad for, you know, for a year under Patrick Graham and now into three, three games into the second year. Um, do I know what Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler or ownership is thinking by moving him into the box? I don't know. Um, but I know it's, it's, it's not a good thing. So I hope for Patrick, because uh, I know he's really liked and really respected, that things mm. turn around. Um, but the bottom line is you've got to produce. And this defense has right. to be better, and it's just it's just not better. And you got a team coming where you're going to their stadium that puts thirty burgers up every single game. Even if their defense is not good, the Chargers will score on you. So yep. it could be it could be a long day for that defense. Yep, exactly right. I've been saying the same thing. The the Chargers will score a lot of points, and the Raiders haven't scored twenty points yet. So. And, you know, you do the math. It's not, it's not looking good as a good matchup coming up this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. But there's a reason why they play the game. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Amber, fantastic stuff as always. Silver and Black Show. What else you got coming up that we should be on the lookout for? You can always catch us on Raiders game day, Eric Allen, James Jones, and myself after every game. And then uh, you should just follow me on, on Instagram or Twitter. I put up, uh, you know, when I'm on NFL radio. Um, and when I got other things going on. So you can check me out <laughs> at Amber Theo Harris or at Amber Theo One. I'm all over the you, place. 
You are. You are. I respect the hell out of your hustle because you are all over the place. I need to get on a star-studded show like you, right? You got James Jones. You got Eric Allen. You got Amethia Harris. Like, it, it doesn't get any better than that. I just – all you need is your boy to slide on in for about a segment or what two. That's all I need. Shows? What are you trying to get on your shows? Q, you're the one with the big ESPN national show. You're, you're big time now. <laughs> Congrats, by the way, on your show. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, I, I respect the hell out of your hustle as well. You've been doing it for a long time, and you're fantastic at uh, what you do. And everyone appreciates your insight here on the show and anytime we get a chance to talk to you. So uh, thanks so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. You too, my friend. Be good. All right, you too. There she goes. Amber Theo Harris, fantastic job as always. And I don't make up stuff. Grumpy-ass Mexican just tweeted at us. Amber Theo Harris is speaking facts, nothing but facts. That's why she's such a badass. She don't sugarcoat it. Great guest. See? Like I said, I don't make stuff up. I don't make it up. You know, I just I, I, I spit the facts, and great guests like Amber spit the facts right back. 3.47 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I don't know, man. I, we got some food on this table, and I don't normally do this, right? I don't never have food on the table because, one, it's food on the table, right? And and it, but it smells really good. It's tacos with cilantro and salsa, and they got little sliders over here. And I mean, we got a whole like to do here. We've got the whole shebang. Like I feel like I'm in some kind of fancy kitchen right now. I mean, this is this is phenomenal. So if you want to come on by and get some of that. That food right there, you could definitely do that. They got some great drink specials going on. We've got all kind of prizes to give out, so we're hooking you up with that as well. And we're in the newly renovated uh, underground lounge with the wall-to-wall TVs. Got multiple, what is it, five of them at least right here. Got the William Hill Sportsbook right there. We got the hookup, man. So come on by, hang out with us. We don't have any more live guests, so we're going to have Devontae Adams, you'll hear from him. Max Crosby, you'll hear from him. Nate Hobbs, you'll hear from him. And, of course, we'll hear from you at 702-365-9200, the Don't Be Broke.com text sign 69187, keyword r This is Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. Got a text from Max in Las Vegas. Said, what's up, Q? Aside from a couple of offensive defensive players who are individually playing well, every play, it starts from coaching on down. Self-inflicted penalties on offense and defense at crucial, crucial times of the game, lack of a running game, play calling, execution of their assignments, no offensive line help at all, and defense allows too many big runs like the one Pickett had and allows big passes down the field for a first down when it's third down. If Jimmy G makes it through protocol, then start him. But if he doesn't make it through protocol in time to play this Sunday, why not start O'Connell? We already know what we have in Hoyer. Have a good week, Hugh. Max in Las Vegas, and I think a lot of Raider Nation shares the same feelings. If Jimmy G can't go, I think there's a lot of people intrigued by what Aiden O'Connell could bring to the table. But I will caution, if you roll a rookie out there, again, and I know it sounds good, right? My grandmother, my late great-grandmother used to say, just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it is good. It sounds good to go ahead and start this guy and see what what he brings to the table. But if you do that in week four, there's no going back unless he's just atrocious. So then at that point, you just – feel like it's I feel like it's punting on the season but that's just me again it depends on how you feel about where the season is right now again if you turn to turn it over to Aiden O'Connell at this stage of the game I think and this is just my opinion I could be absolutely wrong and I'm okay with that that you're basically saying all right we're gonna let you ride it out the rest of the season unless you just can't handle it whether Jimmy G is healthy or not that's just kind of what it is but again I could absolutely be wrong I'm not inside the head of Josh McDaniels. I'm not inside the head of anyone in that uh, front office or the coaching staff, so I don't exactly you know, know what they're thinking. But, that, again, that's just what I would think from 
a distance. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to John in the OC. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, John? So, Q, what's up, Nation? Uh, yeah, man, so my, my my personal opinion is like, you know, I respect your opinion. Uh, I think you said don't don't start AOC, but the only reason why I like to AOC, man, because he might inject, he might be that pretty. We never know, right? He might yeah, he be might. Bob Purdy. Yep. He might yep. be that dude, right? So let's give yeah. him a shot. Um, I, I mean, everyone, like I think uh, other shows have been saying, too, it was really vanilla where everyone was pushing towards him in the preseason. But why not, man? It's not like we're always six. It's still early in the season. We can make adjustments. I'm not giving up on the damn season, bro. We, we got too much talent, like D.A. says. We got too much damn talent on the damn team. And I approve, I myself approve what Mr. Ziegler has done. It's not like they come in here and everyone was, you know, crying and whining about all oh, New England. They ain't New England, bro. They're trying to establish their own their own legacy. All right. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. We're up against it. We'll come back. We got Robert of San Jose, PJ Raider, Robert from Fresno. Plus, we're going to start the hour off with Devontae Adams, hear what he had to say in the locker room because he was pretty frustrated, as you can imagine. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.